you recently became the first female CEO of Digicel here in Dominica. Um, some might say the youngest. Uh, tell us how you felt when you offered the position. Terrified. Terrified. <laughs> <laughs> like, terrified. Um, scared. You know, this is, this is, a. Uh, the position I hold is important, and I, I didn't realize how important until after Maria. I always knew it was important, but it was really after Maria that I felt the weight of responsibility. But when they first offered it to me, I was absolutely terrified. And it was um, Rob, again, Rob that, that, that I had that conversation with, because he was the one that offered it to me, right? Um, mm -hmm. And... Um, Again, it's, 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 it's having others believe in your ability and you believing in your ability as well. Yeah, your capabilities. Um, but I was scared and there's still some days I wake up scared, you know, but I'm here and I'm doing it. And it's important to know that I'm not doing it alone. I have an absolutely phenomenal team with me. At my senior management level, I have uh, Darrow Prime, uh, Daryl Thomas, we have Glenford Sejal, Rob Lyons, Calvia Timothy, and Coldrex Gordon as our, at our SMT level. And then below that, we have some great um, supervisors, including Dion, Tasha, um, Jeff, uh, Sean, and then we have a phenomenal team as well. So it's not just me, it's an entire team effort that's making Digicel um, so phenomenal. And it's my team that's making me look good and succeed so well. So it's not, it's not just me. Good. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. As a female CEO, um, what are some of the challenges that you face? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm more interested in knowing about, you know, being a woman in that sort of um, field or in, in your line of work. What are some of the, the challenges that you face? Um, to be very honest with you, JL, the fortunate thing with Digicel is that Digicel has a number of female CEOs across their across their business. Um, so within the company, um, I don't have too many difficulties. You'd recall that Vanessa Slowly was our group CEO until just recently. Um, my regional CEO is a woman as well, Sinead O'Markey. Um, so we've got phenomenal support and uh, there's no differentiation within the business of whether you're male or female, yeah? Um, within Dominica, there was one instance um, that I went to meet with, uh, with an official um, and uh, this, this gentleman called me little lady. It's a professional meeting and he's referring to me as little lady and as darling and those type of different things. Um, and that was, I believe the first time that I really felt slighted because I was a woman. Um, and I walked out and I had one of my SMT members with me and I walked out and he was just like, Nikki, breathe, Nikki, breathe, Nikki, breathe. Because I was so upset. I was so upset that he was so condescending and so disrespectful and wouldn't um, demonstrate the respect that, the respect of the position I hold. So I mean, if you don't respect me, respect the position that I hold. Um, but outside of that one instance, I haven't felt challenged per se because I'm a woman. And that could be because of two things. One, my mentality, yeah? 
I'm sitting at the table. I know what I bring to the table. You're not going to make me feel or think different. Yeah. And two, um, in Dominica, there are a number of females in leadership positions in top leadership positions. Yeah. Bertilia McKenzie in Dominic is, is another one. Um, there are a number of country managers of insurance companies that are leading. Um, and within the government, we have a number of uh, female ministers. We have a number of PSs. So I think that Dominica, I'm hoping I'm right, that Dominica is a little bit more advanced than the rest of the world in terms of recognizing that women are equals in the, in the professional world. Um, and in telecommunications, um, Jay, to be honest with you, I haven't felt slighted. And again, I, it could be my mentality that I just, you know, I, I block it. Yeah, it doesn't phase me because I'm there for a reason, you know, and it's not, it's not because I'm a woman. It's not because of anything else except the, the qualifications that I bring. So I don't know. You are known to be very persuasive. Like anybody that probably talks to you, you can, you can sell sand to the beach. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you, you actually know how to apply pressure in a friendly manner. How, how do you do it? Or can you even provide us with a, a situation or give us a situation where you will face, the, you know, a challenge in breaking down somebody? How do you break it down? <laughs> I don't, I don't think I can give you, I don't think I can give you a specific example. Right. But I think what's important is to remember to treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. If people don't respond well to you shouting and screaming in their face, they respond better to having a conversation and finding that middle ground. And what's always important is win-win, right? If I win and you lose, that's not a good outcome. If you win and I lose, that's not a good outcome. It has to be win-win. Um, so I think it's important to try and treat people the way you want to be treated. And the other thing is never ask of anybody else something that you can't ask from, of yourself, right? And that was, that was a lesson I learned um, years ago. I was working at Woodbine Racetrack and Slots. Yeah, I used to, yeah, I used to work in a casino. Um, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was a hostess in, um, in one of the bar areas. Um, and there was chips of paper from the, the racetrack on the floor and I bent down and pick it up. And my manager came by, he's like, no, 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 no. don't do that. I was like, why though? Like, Dale, they were littered. You know what I mean? I'm like, the place needs to tidy up and whatnot. He's like, I'm not going to ask you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. And I wouldn't do that because there are other people that are supposed to do that. So call them and they can do it. And I've kind of kept that as um, a base for moving forward in life. If you're not prepared to do it, don't ask somebody else to do it. If you're not prepared to buy it, don't ask somebody else to buy it. If you're not prepared to sell it, don't ask somebody else to sell it. Um, so I think that is a fundamental part of anything you do. If you're not if you're not going to ask it of yourself, you should not ask it of somebody else. Hmm. Do you agree with that one? I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> Your new position as the, the CEO um, of Digicel um, would, of course, come with its challenges, I'm sure. Um, but I don't think nothing compares to having to deal with a major uh, devastation to, to the island soon after starting your role. Um, how did you feel when you saw the destruction of Dominica? So when I, uh, when I got out of the house I was in um, and I, I got outside, I, I picked up my cell phone and I got outside. Um, literally, JL, my knees buckled under me. Yeah. 
Um, and I opened up my phone and I called Rob, <laughs> the same Rob. Um, and all I could tell him was, it's bad. And he's asking, how are you? How's your family? How's it looking? I'm like, it's bad. All I could tell him is it's it's bad. Um, and I'm just like, send, send people, send help. We need help. Um, and then uh, we got down to we got down to our office and we started cleaning up and you know it became Hotel Digicel. Um, and so that was day one. Day two, our service gets restored, starts getting restored and whatnot. And I'm walking from our office on Bath Road to the financial center and somebody stops me and says to me, so when's the Giselle coming back up now? And day two. Um, and I looked around, yeah? I looked around and I said, you know, we're working on it and we'll get there. And I went to the financial center and I did whatever it is I needed to do. And I got back to the office and uh, I met Clem and uh, I started to cry. I cried and I cried and I cried hard. At that point, <clears throat> it was a sheer realization of the responsibility that came on it communication yeah and it's not that i didn't know that before but it was it was it was tough it was really really tough it was hard um being a mom i had my son to take care of being a wife i had my husband to take care of i had 55 employees to take care of and i had a country that i need to get communication back onto um but what i would say is that from day one following Maria, the entire Digicel family across all 31 markets were with us to support us on the phone. By day two, there was a helicopter in with Rob Lyons, Rob Neosmith, Jack Burke, and a number of riggers um, and technicians that came in to support us. And they, they've been there with us throughout the entire process. So as much as it was scary, as much as it was overwhelming, I was never alone. Again, coming back to that Digicel family, that Digicel team that really supports you um, and supports a country to to getting back. But it's been a it's been a rough it's been a rough road. <laughs> My first year as a CEO, it's been it's been difficult. Um, but thank God we've made it through. Wow! Take us take us through a day of the boss lady. Start us off for the morning. <clears throat> Um, okay, so typically I get up at five o'clock in the morning um, and uh, I'm out of the house by 6, 630. I'm at my office by 637 o'clock and I start with a blank sheet of paper um, and then a pink highlighter date goes at the top and then my list uh, starts for the day. Um, and uh, so between seven and eight, it's catch up on emails, make my list, organize myself, make my coffee before I leave the house. That's an important thing travel mug of coffee to work. I cut myself down to only one cup of coffee. Um, so then I sit at my desk and uh, typically get caught up on emails, plans for the day and those type of different things by eight o'clock when the day starts. Um, starts with some joking with the with the guys in the office, um, typically try and touch base with the technical team um, who are on the other side. We have an open concept in our office. So as people come in, you get the chance to say good morning and touch base and joke a little bit and whatnot. Um, but then, yeah, it's on to calls and meetings and um, on the road, I try and get out. I'm not doing a very good job of that right now. I used to be much better at it when I wasn't the CEO um, and when I was in sales. So I want to do that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it, the, what, I, what I try and do, Jay, during the, type, 
during the course of the days, obviously you have a lot of meetings, right? You have a number of meetings, a number of catch-ups and those kind of different things. Um, but I do try and get out from behind the desk, behind the computer and touch base with my different teams um, throughout, the, throughout the course of the day. And typically if, if you and I have to exchange more than two emails about the same topic, or if you have to exchange more than two WhatsApp about the same topic, I'll pick up the phone and give you a call and have that conversation with you rather than just going back and forth on, on email. Yeah. But I, I love working in my office. I love working with my teams, you know? Um, and I, I like the open concept that you can see, you know, and you could walk over to a desk. You don't have to go through a door or any of those things um, to have that, that kind of conversation. Hmm. You, um, you recently met the former president of the United States. Um, I want to know about the experience and tell us also, uh, you guys uh, uh, have collaborated with the Clinton Foundation. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about, first of all, I want to know how you felt when you met him, like what was going through your head and all of that. Were you like fully groupified? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Completely. And I have a funny story about that too. So, um, okay, so... When I, when I met him, I was a complete groupie, right? Um, and uh, after, after, after the meeting, and he is such a soft-spoken man, JL, he speaks so softly, but he's hilarious. Like he was cracking jokes with, <laughs> with us, like when I met him um, and uh, he's, I am so humbled and I'm so proud and I'm so absolutely amazed at the opportunity to have met him, right? So after I met him, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that, uh, Dennis O'Brien, our chairman, called uh, to see how it's going because Dennis and, and uh, President Clinton um, have been collaborating for a number of years. So he called to touch base with me um, to see how it went. And he was with our group CEO at the time, Alex Matushka. So Alex gets on the phone with me um, and Alex is like, um, you know, uh, I heard you met Bill, and I'm like, yeah, I was a complete groupie. I couldn't, I couldn't even get words out. And then Alex is like, okay, well, I'm gonna call you Groupie Nikki from now on. And that was my first conversation with our new CEO. But it was hilarious, and of course, these type of different things again put you at ease and make you feel um, like a family. You know what I mean? So it's not all. Um, glass and, and, and steel and those kind of different things. But uh, meeting President Clinton was a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I've actually had the honor of meeting him twice in the last number of months. When he came to Dominica, um, we, uh, Digicel was represented at the press briefing. And then I had a few words with him at that point, as well as visiting with him when he visited the Soufri School. Um, and although the Soufri School is not one of the schools that Digicel has undertaken, um, and committed to the Clinton Global Initiative um, Action Network to restore. We are restoring a number of schools uh, in Dominica. Um, and again, that's part of the philanthropic, philanthropic, sorry, spirit of Digicel and led by our chairman, you know, um, our chairman through the Digicel Foundation has, has done an immense amount of work in, in Haiti um, to assist after the earthquake. And uh, the same thing is being done here in Dominica following Maria with the rehabilitation of the schools and the rehabilitation of the homes. Um, and then I had the opportunity to meet uh, President Clinton again at the launch of the Clinton Global Initiative Action Network in Miami on, on April 3rd, where I was on stage with him to receive um, 
certificate of our commitment. Um, again, that was made, and our chairman, Dennis O'Brien, was there, our prime minister, Roosevelt Garrett, was there. And it was a great opportunity to meet, there, were, there had to be like maybe 400 different people that were there, and everybody was there because they wanted to make a difference in the world, and they wanted to help in the recovery of the countries that were impacted uh, for Maria. And more importantly, they wanted to help in future responses as we continue to see the devastations that are caused and will continue to be caused by these natural disasters. So it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I don't want to put you on the spot too, too much, um, like I haven't already, but um, we're coming very close, like a few days before the season starts again. The first name storm happened already. Alberto was out there doing its thing. Yeah. Um, how do you feel knowing that you're trying here? You are try on your quest to fix all of what was ha has happened, all of what Maria did, and you have a plan, of course. That hey, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that, we're gonna do the other. Um, how do you feel going into the new season? And if Dominica, God forbid, were to get hit again by another major hurricane. Um, what is going through your head in terms of what are your plans as a as a company? Um, so the first thing is we learned from last year. Yeah, um, last year was I don't think anybody could have planned for that. Maria was one of the strongest hurricanes to ever pass through the Caribbean, and it had a number of different anomalies with it. Um, however, we learned from that. A couple of things is. When you speak of resiliency, it's important to, to conceptualize what does resiliency mean, yeah? And for me, one of the aspects of resiliency is how quickly can you recover after something has happened? Um, so we're ensuring that we have systems in place to be able to recover quickly should our networks be impacted again in terms of redundant communication methods and communication means. Um, in addition to that, in recovering our network, we've recovered uh, stronger than before. In rebuilding, we're rebuilding 21 of our towers. They are, re they are built stronger than they were before. The foundations are stronger. The designs are a different design. Um, so you, you, you do the best you can to build back stronger. But Jay, let's be honest, Maria was swept 225 miles an hour winds. And they're saying that it's going to just get stronger and stronger as we keep going. Um, so it's important for us to ensure that whatever happens, we have a plan for the backup plan, for the backup plan, for the backup plan. Because a lot of our plans that we had in place last year, as I'm sure a lot of people would agree, got changed when Maria did what she did, you know? Um, so just ensuring you have those redundant solutions in place to be able to to be able to recover. Um, so it's it's a scary season. They're expecting it to be 15 named storm, between six and seven of them being major storms above category three. Um, so I, I definitely take ask everybody and urge everybody to start your preparations now. Do not wait for um, the ODM to send out a notification, yeah? And then and then you go and get your lights and your batteries and these kind of different things. Take the time right now and put your plans in place, have your documents in a safe place, 
you know what I mean? Have a, an extra charger. All those things that we have right now, ensure that they're kept safe. Your solar lights and those type of different things, ensure that you keep them safe so that you can utilize them again in times of emergency. But take the time and plan now. <laughs> your passports, yo. Like Yeah, but it's like, yeah, when you're talking about that jail, when I left my house, I left my passports here. Yeah, when I left here to go over there, I, left, I did. And I had a go bag. I had my go bag packed, right? And I left my passport. So when we left Morn Bruce and went to the office and we were getting ready to send Clem out and Devante out, um, Clem's like, I'm gonna go home. I'm like, yeah, if you see our travel documents, you know, pick them up. I'm expecting them to be gone. I'm expecting my house to be devastated and thankfully he found them. But even something as simple as that, you know, your passports, your medical information, your medication, those kind of different things, Put them in your go bag and have a go bag and have that safe place that you can go to and think about, so you know, where my go bag. I think it was probably because of being on radio and hearing, you know, <laughs> every single day, like, you know, different people sponsored my show. So every day I had to, like, give out the, the tips, yeah. you know, things to do and stuff. And I had my passports and stuff in a Ziploc. It's still in a Ziploc bag to this day. Like, I'm in Canada and it's still in a Ziploc bag. You know, I, I had everything in a Ziploc bag and, and like, all the important documents and stuff, um, insurance stuff, all of that was in yeah. the same bag. And and I had that in, in another bag. And that bag was, like, in a place where I don't think anything could have, like, because I was Absolutely. just... Absolutely. Like, this is, it's important, you know, it's important to just make sure, you know, we may not be completely prepared, but we need to be as prepared as we can be. We don't know what these storms are gonna bring. We don't know where they're gonna go. You know, we don't know a lot of different things, but definitely just be as prepared as you can be. And learn, take the lessons learned and actually apply them. Don't dismiss them, you know what I mean? Definitely apply them. Don't make the same mistakes twice. Try and Absolutely. Learn, from, learn from what happened last year. Um, going back to mentorship, uh, you being mentored, um, you've also mentored quite a few young people through the Dominica Youth and Junior Achievement, um, um, that's the Dominica Youth Trust, sorry. What advice would you give to a young person who's probably hoping to start a business, but they're, they're not really sure where to start? First of all, start. Yeah, first of all, start. Yeah, don't any don't let anything deter you. Don't let anybody deter you from 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 starting. Um, but in terms of in terms of advice, you know the, the the number one advice I would tell you if you're interested in starting a business, write it down. Write it down and share it with somebody you trust. Yeah? Because when you write it down and when you share it with somebody, you now become accountable to yourself for having written it down and you become accountable to somebody else. Because too often we talk, but we're not held accountable. We don't, we, we, don't, we don't have any action, yeah? So find that person you know that will hold you accountable and the next time you see them will ask you, so what happened to your idea? So what happened to this? What happened to that, right? So that they can continue pushing you and driving you. But now is the perfect opportunity in Dominica to develop a business and start a business. A number of businesses have been impacted, um, and uh, Sam, Sam, uh, when he started the YT Kubali Entrepreneurs Levy, and just the other night I saw him, um, and we were talking about it, had indicated that if we could start 10 new businesses a year, 
over the course of 10 years, there would have been 100 businesses developed in Dominica. That would drive the economic development of Dominica. And right now, you would know with the severe impact, 225% of our GDP and so on and so forth, um, it is absolutely imperative that there is some economic development and diversification and stimulation and so on. And it's young entrepreneurs that are going to propel that. It's not going to be the government. It's not going to be the established private sector. It's going to be the new young entrepreneurs with the innovative, dynamic thoughts and technologies and passion and creativity that are really going to get us there. So advice, start, write it down and tell somebody that will hold you accountable. I'm not talking about your partner. I'm not talking about the chick. I'm talking about somebody that you trust that has been there pushing you to be a better you. Tell them and ask them to hold you accountable so that they will constantly ask you and push you and drive you. Okay, guys, we're almost, uh, we're gonna be wrapping up in just a little bit. If you have any questions for Nahima, I'm giving you a very short time span to do so, of course. If she can answer, she will. If she can't, we'll just keep it moving and hopefully she'll get back on the chat and probably even um, communicate with some of you. I know I know she's that type of person, so she probably will. Um, <laughs> she'll probably try and answer every single question um, that comes at her on, on the chat. So you can feel free to leave, drop your questions now. Um, I want to know, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment? <clears throat> My son, Devante, he is such an amazing kid. And he has, um, he's such an amazing kid, you know, and he has, his mom is a career mom, yeah? And always has conflicting priorities. And he is okay with that. And he is proud of that. And he still gives me hugs and kisses. And he still tells me I'm the best mom in the whole world. And he is um, caring and loving. And uh, when I look at him, I feel as if I've done something right. So regardless of what else goes wrong in the world, my kid's growing up well. So um, Devante, hands down. That's beautiful. That, that's absolutely beautiful. Uh, what are your, what's next for me? I mean, at your level, where else could you go? Probably take your boss's job. <laughs> you know, what is next? Um, I haven't personal professional goals? I haven't. Um, so I, it's, it's, it's just been one year. Yeah. I just celebrated my one year anniversary as the CEO of Digicel and there's still, yes, thank you. And today is Digicel's 12th, uh, 12th birthday. So happy birthday to Digicel. Happy um, birthday to you. Was that yeah. a coincidence you do that you, I know, right? Yeah. I, I planned it. I planned it. Um, you know, JL, there's, there's still a lot of work that I want to do here in Dominica. There's still a number of different things that I want to complete here. Um, the team and I have pulled together what our three-year vision looks like. We're one year into it, so we've got another two years to go. Um, and I have every intention of um, completing that. So short term, over the next two years, I'm definitely going to be here. I do want to continue working with the Clinton Global Initiative and the Action Network. Um, to make a positive impact in the world um, as it relates to um, disaster recovery and response and those types of different things. Um, so I'm still learning what my passions are. I definitely feel that's one of the areas I want to continue working with entrepreneurs and I want to continue developing people. Um, but I think I'm, I'm here for a little while longer, so I'm not going anywhere. 
in the near future. Wow, it's been a pleasure, Nikki. You know, I know you have a super, super busy schedule. I mean, you said it, you're a career mom, you, you're a boss lady, you do, you're doing all these different things. You're like you're an octopus, you have your tentacles everywhere. And um, I'm really appreciative that you could take time out and, and speak with me here on, on Capuity. And I'm sure like a lot of people probably wondered who is this sneaky person behind did you sell? Where did she come from? You know, because you know how Dominicans are, you know, like, like she have an yeah. accent, where she come out, you know, like, <laughs> they probably didn't know you are DDA, but all of a sudden, they know. <laughs> yes, you know, so um, she's an Itassian, all right, for those of you who, who don't know what an Itassian is, um, I, I, I joke about it all the time, when people say, oh, where, what part of Dominic came from? I'm like, Vegas. Then I go, Vegas. <laughs> you must stop. You must stop. I'm a big ass to me, sounds like the yeah. big ass converted his old house. Yeah. And I nothing old about where we live, right? Or where we're from. So I'm like, I'm going to make, make probably the most lavish place on earth, which is Vegas. I'm just going to like. <laughs> but I say it so fast. It's like. Sometimes yeah. they catch the day. I have to try that. I have to try that. I think I enunciated a little too much. So I must yeah, try do. that. <laughs> I, I, just, I just let it roll off my mouth. You know? And they're like, what? Like so, yeah, um, I, I, I really must say, you know, uh, thank you so very much, Nikki, for, for being on here with me. I'm sure a few people got to see a different side of you, got to know a little bit about you. And I hope that, um, you know, I, I wish you all the best. I mean, like, you're an amazing woman. You're an amazing mom. You're an amazing wife. You're, you're you're an amazing friend, and I'm grateful to have you in my life. You know, even if we don't speak too too often, but every now and again, when you send your hey, you're good now. <laughs> you know, um, I'm always so appreciative, and and mm -hmm. I I'm I'm very bad at keep staying in touch with people. So if I do message you, it's like because I'm thinking about you, and I I'm just I'm really really bad at staying in touch because. I will think about a new initiative before I can think about who connecting with somebody. Uh, my mind is always going um, a thousand miles an hour, and I'm I'm grateful to to always you know have you in my space. You know, in the sense that I could reach out and stuff. And even though you know, um, I have someone who's always says to me, "You know, you must talk to me more. You know, you'll get some you know some good." I because sometimes I want to share stuff with people, but I'm not. Who's telling you that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the interview is you. I'm, 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 I'm the other way Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Look, Jay, I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, my last trip up to Toronto, it meant so much to spend uh, that time with you, to go out to lunch with you and Margo, and to just hang out at the house and stuff like that. Um, I miss Toronto. I miss my life in Toronto. Um. But I was I was extremely appreciative of the time the time we spent and you braved the cold braved the TTC to come out to me um, but I'm I'm but it wasn't a bad day though. it wasn't a bad no, day no it wasn't it wasn't a bad day at all yeah but I'm I'm beyond appreciative and I'm beyond thankful and also thank you for this opportunity I'm not a fan of I'm not a fan of public speaking yeah um but i'm i'm a very appreciative that you've given me the opportunity to like you say just 
let people know that I am human, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, there are a whole bunch of different dynamics that go into who I am. And on any given day, you may get one, but that's not the whole. Um, so thank you. You're, you're most welcome. And, and thanks for being being on here. And guys, if you um, if you missed the show, of course, as I said before, you can always catch it um, again. It remains on my timeline. I'm sure a few folks have shared it. If you're looking right now, please hit the share button right now and share the interview. Tag a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a foe. Tell somebody you know um, about Kakuti and let them know that you can also tune in. Uh, don't forget to hit the share button. So if you're looking at us right now, hit the share button before you forget. Right? And and uh, let somebody else know. And, and if you completely missed the show and you're just coming on right now, you can always go back and listen. Um, and uh, the podcast will be available on iTunes, CastBox, and of course on my website in the next 24 hours. Um, Nikki, thank you so very much, you know, for, for coming on. Uh, thanks to all the fans and friends who tuned in um, and who tune in all the time. Like, there are a few hardcore people. They know themselves. Like, they, they, they lock in every single week that I'm on. They always come on. I re- I'm really appreciative of every single one of you. If I don't get to say thank you, I'm saying thank you now. You know, thanks for... for for supporting what I'm doing. Um, I, I got a message from, from someone on Instagram uh, two days ago, and she's like, oh, my God, I must tell you, um, I really like what you um, your your little um, podcast thingy that you're doing, and you do it on Facebook. And she goes, but she said, I don't understand how people like to copy people so And she's going, like, she's giving me, like, this whole spiel in the same thing. And I'm like, it's okay, I lead and they follow, you know? Like, it's okay, I mean... Um, uh, some, somebody's, I, I posted something about copying recently. Yes, and, I saw it. Sir. And somebody, somebody said something to me. Uh, um, I want to, I want to probably pull up what the person said to me if I can find it. Um, it's on Facebook, but it had to do with, um, if people didn't copy, then uh, the world will not go around. Something, to, something to that effect. Like people, like people are obligated to copy. You know, that's that's almost like that's almost like one of my favorite quotes. Okay, so on my desktop, right, I've got a bunch of pictures. That's my screensavers, and one of them is from House. That says, "If nobody hates you, you're doing something wrong." Yeah. So it's the same thing. If somebody's not copying you, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. So, so, uh, so when when he sent that to me, and he's like, he says, he said, don't don't let it bother you. It wasn't even like it's funny enough. It's like I was not even like ranting about the copying. I was just ranting about people not being authentic. It's like, like yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I do. I understand fully. I'm, I'm not even too concerned about the copying because you're gonna do something like somebody like and we all do it, whether it's our hairstyle. Or whether it's a pair of jeans we saw somebody wearing, I'm like, I like those jeans. I'm gonna buy those jeans. You know, like we all do something that sort of copies someone. But I just, I, I, I don't like when people are not authentic. You know, and I'm just like, you know, this. Let us see a little you know in it, like, <laughs> like let it go, Jay. Let it go. It's like it's been let go. <laughs> Um, and thank you so very much for being on it. Oh, Pearl just locked in. Pearl Fountain Butler just uh, locked in right about now. And I, I'm really grateful, guys. Don't forget all of her social 
media handles are above on the link. So you can follow her on Instagram. She's on Facebook. She's tweeting away. So you can you can follow. This is the most I've seen you on social media. Okay, CEO. <laughs> Yes, I have amped up my I have You're amped up my social media game. I have ramped up my social media game. Yes, yeah. yeah, so you could definitely follow her. Um, I can only imagine. I can only see bigger things for you, like your 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 slogan. Is it no? It's it's extra. What is it now? Extraordinary. Is we are the best. That is point blank. Period. End of story. This is the best. What is the slogan? I remember yeah. you guys were the Bigger Better Network. We still and, are, and we are still extraordinary, <laughs> and we are still yes. the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she's she's like her slogan, I guess. You know, I can only see uh, bigger, better, best things for her in the future, and and I, I'm really grateful to have you on here with me, um, guys. Uh, next week we got some folks from. The uh, they're gonna be uh, some people who oh gosh I just drew a blank from the coffee. Okay, we have people who are uh, geared into rebuilding and cleaning Dominica. So they call themselves I think the salty something people. Um, they 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 have a blog and they do this clean of the beaches and stuff. So they're gonna be on. Um, I just actually booked them like. Literally, like a few hours ago, um, and I was like, "Okay, let's do this," you know. Um, so they're gonna be on next week, and I'm gonna get all their information and uh, posting that. So don't forget to like the page, follow. So we'll be posting all of that information, so you have a little idea as to what's what they're doing and why you should follow them. Um, but they're all about cleaning the beaches and the rivers around Dominica. So I just wanna um. Just let you guys know that you can tune in next week, same time, same place. Um, I thank Nikki again. You look lovely. I miss you. Yeah, Love I you. miss you too. Uh, Love you too. Thanks, thank Jay. Or uh, thanks to all those of you. Janice just came on. Everybody came on. Um, and thanks, guys, for for being on. Until next time. Before I go, don't forget to, you know, the kakoti. It always keeps your chest nice and warm, mm-hmm. right? The um, I mean. If you want to know how to make kakoti, you need to go look at the, the Mabot Cup episode. Jamal Burnett, he tells you how to make kakoti. So you can go and listen to that. Listen to, you listen or view that episode. But just make sure you take a kakoti. Actually, we're about to make some kakoti. So going to have some kakoti, uh, some more hot kakoti. Keep your chest nice and warm every single day. Um, it's also very good. It keeps you nice and full. So we don't eat as much, and I'm trying to, you know, get back to my my sexy self slowly. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Thanks again for tuning in. Bye for now. Bye, guys.